You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. In Matthew and the other Gospels, Jesus stands in the prophetic lineage of Isaiah, calling for the radical inclusion of those who had once been excluded by their sacred text. Radical inclusion is a trend in Jesus' ministry. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery. This is episode 344, and our title this week is A Non-Normative Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 19, 10 through 12, Jesus says to his disciples, For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven heaven. This is a statement where Jesus stands with the more inclusive, progressive Jewish community interpreting their sacred text. Others like Rabbi Hillel had interpreted the Torah in more progressive ways. And in this passage, we see Jesus doing something very similar. And let's go back to the Torah to see how Jewishly progressive Jesus was being. In Deuteronomy, we read, Deuteronomy 23.1, no one whose testicles are crushed or whose penis is cut off shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. The assembly of the Lord was when Israel assembled for their religious ceremonies. Eunuchs are men who had been castrated or, or were otherwise unable to reproduce were considered non-normative within this society, within this patriarchal culture, carrying on a man's name through male offspring was the only way to ensure that his name and nation would endure forever. Passing that name down through generations was the ancient Hebrew idea uh, way back then of eternal life. When it came to reproduction, many cultures during this period uh, considered a woman little more than an incubation chamber for for the baby being passed down from the male. And this kind of patriarchal thinking, a, a, a type of it still exists in Christian purity culture today. During this period, people didn't have the faintest scientific idea about the zygote being the combination of the female ovum and the, the male sperm. It was believed that the male seed contained everything needed for a human to be produced. All that was required was the fertile soil or, or the woman for the seed to be planted in and to grow. And it's no wonder that many women in, in those types of cultures were sometimes treated no better than dirt. Being a eunuch within a patriarchal society, whether by birth or not, made a man non-normative. And normative, it, it simply means something that that which the 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 social majority has constructed as normal 
or standard. It's literally a social construct. The opposite of normative, academically speaking, is the word queer. Historically, queer has often been used in an offensive and negative sense as a slur towards someone who is non-normative, especially in matters of sexuality or gender. But in academia, the term queer, it carries no negative connotation. It simply refers to something that is non-normative or not of the majority. And today, many people have reclaimed that term queer for themselves as a, a source of value and even pride. Similarly, in a world designed for let's say right-handed people. Left-handedness is non-normative. Left-handed people, like my elder daughter, she might be labeled as, as queer then. Eunuchs in Hebrew society during the time of Moses were considered non, <clears throat> non-normative. And therefore, they were not admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Maybe my left-handed daughter would have been excluded from the assembly as well. But notice notice what Leviticus has to say about societal normativity. This is Leviticus 21, 16 through 24. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and say, No one of your offspring throughout their generation who has a blemish may approach to offer the food of of his God. For no one who has a blemish shall draw near. No one is blind or lame or one who has a, a, a mutilated face or a limb too long or one who has a broken foot or a broken hand or a hunchback or a dwarf or a man with a blemish in his eyes or an itching disease or scabs or crushed testicles that he may not profane my sanctuaries for I am the Lord. I sanctify them. Thus Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the people of Israel. Now, all of this changes by the time we get to the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah, in, in chapter 56, 3 through 8, we read, Do not let the foreigner joined to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and who, and who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls, a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And think of this in this culture of passing down the name. Uh, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister him, to love the Lord, uh, the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer, their burnt offerings, their sacrifices will be accepted upon my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, or some translations say for all nations. Thus says the Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. And, and here's the question that I, I want you to consider. How can God give the eunuchs an everlasting 
everlasting name when within a Hebrew context that can only be accomplished by producing a long line of male children. Well, let's go back to our passage in Matthew 19, 10 through 12. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, not everyone can accept this teaching, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. Who is Jesus referring to when he says there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven? He wasn't referring to to self-mutilation here. Instead, Jesus is referring to young Hebrew males who chose to abandon the patriarchal expectations of their society of of taking a wife and having children and propagating the nation of Israel Israel through male offspring to embrace a life of of celibacy instead. Who is Jesus referring to? He might have been even referring to himself, including himself in the eunuchs community and saying, in effect, I am choosing to stay Stand in solidarity with you, voluntarily becoming one of you. Through him, the eunuchs would now have an everlasting name. They would be associated with Jesus, a name that would never be cut off. Deuteronomy and Leviticus had excluded them. Isaiah had been more progressive and included them. And now Jesus was living in solidarity with them. Celibacy is still considered non-normative in many of today's heterocentric cultures. The, The cultural pressure for a single person to marry and have children is often immense. But according to Jesus, whether a person is a eunuch by birth, is made so by others, or has simply chosen to live a life of celibacy for the kingdom's sake, they have not merely been made acceptable, but holy and special and unique. They've been given a place at Jesus's table. And for those who are not celibate, Jesus includes you too. No one's left out. Jesus says that choosing a life of celibacy, though, while while non-normative, that no longer holds negative connotations. After all, Jesus was celibate too in the stories. For those who who choose celibacy for the kingdom, I do want to say one thing. This choice, it was to be voluntary. Whether someone is heterosexual, gay, lesbian, or bisexual, a choice to be celibate should be one's own choice voluntarily. Paul even goes so far in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, 9, to say that celibacy is a a, a spiritual gift. In Matthew and the other Gospels, Jesus stands in the prophetic lineage of Isaiah, calling for the radical inclusion of those who had once been excluded by their sacred text. Radical inclusion is a trend in Jesus's ministry. He announces that that the favor of God is now available for the Greeks in Luke 4, 25 through 29. Jesus calls for the inclusion of, of Romans in Matthew 5, 43 through 48. 
He calls for the inclusion of the poor, the blind, and the lame in Luke 14, 13 through 14, and, and Luke 6, 20 through 24. And Jesus calls for the inclusion of women in Luke 10, 39 through 41. Jesus calls all who are benefiting from society's arrangements to make room for those who are being oppressed. It was the radically inclusive nature of Jesus's kingdom that, that led even his early circumcised followers to begin including the uncircumcised among them as well. You can find this in Acts chapter 8 and Acts 10 47. What I want you to ponder this week is what it must have meant for the non-normative eunuchs of Jesus' day to be embraced by him and to be called his new community. Just imagine it. Even though there were passages in their sacred text that both excluded and then later included them in the assembly of God, they were not merely accepted by Jesus, but he had actually chosen to live as one of them. This non-normative Jesus chose to live as a eunuch and as an adult Hebrew male and rabbi who refused to marry and have children, this Jesus chose to stand in solidarity with a group within his own culture in his own day that were considered to be non-normative. It's no accident that the first individual baptism story in the book of Acts is that of an Ethiopian eunuch, a person who early Hebrew law would have excluded from religious assemblies. The author of the book of Acts intentionally communicates uh, when they begin Acts, the, the Acts as many baptisms, um, the, those narratives of immersion. That the, the author of the book of Acts is intentionally communicating uh, something very special with the baptism of the eunuch. In Acts 8, 38, it says, He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Societies today, ours included, can still be divided into the normative majority and the non-normative minority. There may always be a majority and a minority, but we don't have to other fellow members of our human family because of our differences. Our differences are to be to be celebrated. When those considered socially constructed as normative, when they fail to recognize those considered as non Normative. When they consider to, to the, the, those non-normative people, uh, they fail to consider them as siblings, just as much as belonging to the richly diverse human family as they are. And every bit is deserving a place at Jesus's table. Something monstrously un-Jesus-like is being perpetuated, something very different from Jesus's example in the stories. When the majority weds itself to exclusivity, when it excludes the non-normative and produces an oppressed minority, then something very un-Jesus-like is taking place. Preserving normativity then becomes a, a moral concern for purity in those types of settings. In the name of standing up for what is right, the non-normative minority will always be objectified, dehumanized, and degraded in the eyes of others. This is exactly 
the opposite of what we see the non-normative Jesus doing with the eunuchs of his day. Brock and Parker, in their book, uh, Saving Paradise, How Christianity Traded Love of This World for Crucifixion and Empire, page 396, they write, The work of justice requires paying attention to how difference is used to justify oppression. It employs astute awareness of how oppressive systems grant privilege and seek to protect it at all costs. It engages those who have privilege in challenging systems from which they benefit, not just helping those less fortunate. So what does it mean for Jesus followers to embrace those who uh, are othered in religious and secular society and therefore oppressed. What does it mean for us to embrace those folks today? Heart group application. We at Renewed Heart Ministries, we're continuing to ask all of our heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please stay virtually connected, practice physical distancing, and when you go out, remember to keep a six-foot distance between you and others, wear a mask, and continue washing your hands to stop the spread of this virus. Remember, we're prioritizing those most vulnerable in our communities. This is also a time where we can practice the, the resource sharing and the mutual aid that's found in the Gospels. And make sure that others in your group have what they need right now to not only survive but to thrive. Number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, the Gospels stand in a prophetic lineage of radical inclusion. It's the radical inclusion of those that that were once excluded by their sacred text. And in what other ways do you see the theme of inclusion in the Jesus of the gospel stories? Discuss that with your group. What are examples of how Jesus included others? And, and, and you can go so far as to say those that maybe certain portions of the sacred text exclude. Then number three, what could you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, and just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.